Hey everybody and welcome to episode 136 of the Revive Yourself podcast. Here we go. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Have you got a health issue that just won't go away no matter what you try? Then welcome to the Revive Yourself podcast, where we reveal the secrets to long-lasting health by getting to the root cause of problems that no one else is talking about. So you can have more energy, clear skin, healthier hair, a leaner physique, more confidence, and most importantly, do the things you love and live the life you deserve. Here's your host, Ryan Martin. So guys and girls, welcome back to the show, episode 136. And today's one is a really great episode. Um, before we get into it, as always, there's some housekeeping to do. Um, been putting up lots of different, uh, lots of different articles, actually, lots of different information. One that's gone quite viral. I uh, got quite a lot of comments this week. Was actually on um, oats and how oats are not a health food. If you haven't seen that, it's, you're heading over to www.reviveyourself.co. There's a post there. In fact, I might even put put it up as a little podcast. It's a little 15 or 12 or 15 minute video I did um, just talking about how oats are not a health food contrary to popular belief and they're full of anti-nutrients you know they're rife for a viral condition um, full of L-arginine which feeds viruses and um, they are hugely dehydrating they are acid forming and mucus forming um, and yeah you know there's just far better options out there um, we can talk we can go into that in and in fact I might post it as, as a podcast as well just so people can get to deeper issues and when it comes to creating a healthy internal environment a healthy inner ecosystem they're not what you want to be having so that's actually yeah, if you want to go and look at that and I actually put it up, might put it up as a podcast um, also I just want to get into a few other things like in terms of uh, what we've got going on behind the scenes the book is our, well says out it's all been revised the, the copy is ready to go so that'll be out Yes, that'll be out um, this week, pretty sure. Getting things sorted out, uh, be out this week. Um, all ro- ro- ready and rocking uh, to go. So look out, keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, I'll be doing a post on it on Facebook, obviously Instagram, etc. Where you can get it, how you can get it. Um, and I'm really looking forward to the feedback and seeing what you guys think of it. Uh, really excited, you know. Published author, who would have thought? would have thunk it um so yeah it's really exciting that i uh, can't wait for, to get that out to you guys and so yeah also if you head over to www.reviveyourself.co and click on our shop we've got lots of different products there that you um that yeah that you can you can buy to to increase boost and maintain your health um Really, really looking forward to to getting a few more quality things uh, in the shop as well. But you know the things we've got there already. So the things, the supplements we've got there already are top, top end. And if you're looking for any sort of all round product to boost your health, I always like to recommend the Living Fuel products that you'll see underneath the Evolution Organics banner um two scoops of that product or the berry or the greens is the equivalent of 260 dollars worth of organic produce it's immune boosting it's cleansing it's it's, it's, it's i mean it can be used for sports recovery it can be used for breakfast for lunch for dinner they're just phenomenal uh, as well as we've got the uh, makoda organic greens there and you know what 
If you're looking for a great tasting greens drink, the Organics or uh, Organic Greens um, Naturally Sweetened is, you know, it's got like 74 different ingredients that are there to cleanse your body. You know, it's it's made this West Ty Bollinger's brand. He's the guy who created uh, um, the Truth About Cancer series, and I think it's actually the best tasting green drink I've ever had, and it's most potent. Um, it's phenomenal. Apart from living fuel, can be used as a meal replacement as well. This is organic green drink is more of a, uh, just a something to have as a as a um, energizer or pick me up or just flooding the body full of full of greens um different different thing but the organic greens if you look on it it's the o-r-g-a-n-i-x-x organic organic greens naturally sweetened uh, it's a phenomenal product it's one of the, the best tasting greens drink on the on the market in my opinion um and as always, I always like to say to people, we've got Nature's Answers, Liver Support and, and Milk Thistle um, that are on, on our shop as well. If you're looking for things to boost your health on a daily basis to clean you out, you know, liver is your battery of life. Most people's livers are running at 40% of their potential. So, you know, one of those, having that in your morning, a squirt of one of those in your morning lemon water is a great place to start to boost your health. Um and yeah, you know, we've also got, if you're looking for anything to put into your daily smoothies, uh, like a protein, we've got the phenomenal vanilla or chocolate blends from Sun Warrior. They're, they're great. You know, people always ask me about what's having a smoothie. Um, myself, I'd like to have maybe a scoop of something like Living Fuel, a scoop of maybe Living Fuel Super Berry, living like a greens, maybe organic greens. Um, then I'd have like a, a scoop of the, the vanilla, um, protein. And then we put in nuts and seeds and some berries, maybe a couple of frozen bananas. You can have a scoop of coconut oil and whisk it all around, and you've got a, a literally a fantastic health boosting, health boosting super smoothie. Um, and so yeah, there's some some warrior is uh, most protein and powders in the market are very cheap, full of fillers and binders, and they actually contain MSG, which is made in a manufacturing process. Everything we sell isn't. It's top, top quality, um, and you'll actually be giving your body uh, vital nutrients that you're not getting in anything else. And also we've got, if you're looking for clean soaps and body washes, the Dr. Bronner's um, range that we've got, you know, we've got it in rose, we've got it in almond, almond um, flavor, sorry, flavor, um, <laughs> almond. Um, you've got it in green tea. Um, if you're looking for a body wash or a soap that's very pure, you know, their soaps are so pure you can actually brush your teeth with them. So we've actually got it in a bar of soap as well as the liquid that you can use for the sh- it's almost like a shower gel, which is very, very clean for you to use. And we've got also got the, the hand washes that you can have in your kitchen. Now, something that, um, I think everyone, everyone, every single person on the planet would, would benefit from is having a mushroom mushrooms in their diet now mushrooms you know nothing can live with a shroom it could just it would just destroy things and it will give life to things and it's uh, mushrooms are phenomenal for the immune system for mental clarity they are you know so the guys in silicon valley are using these to, to up their mental game uh, and mental alertness to get their, their thinking clear and lion's mane meaning sugar's great cordyceps is great um and we've actually got a 10, 10 blend, a 10, uh, 
so I should say a superfood blend which has got 10 different mushrooms in it but the one I love and the one that I think all my clients love as well um, I mean they love, love them all but lion's mane is absolutely phenomenal for this um, it's it's literally something that boosts mental capacity as well as your immune system and it just gives your body and mind exactly what it needs to perform at the top top level so it's going through a few here also if you've got a fluoride free toothpaste from um from dr bonus as well if you're looking for uh, a toothpaste it's free of enzyme destroying fluoride penile penile gland calcifying fluoride then dr bonus is a great great um option um the other thing we also have here is our ancient and brave plus collagen mix um ancient brave cacao plus collagen mix which are really really good for anyone looking for energy boost in the morning once again helping boost the immune system it's got lots of different um blood cleansers as well as as well as um ingredients that are going to help to strengthen your immune system clean clean out your liver and give you uh, energizing nutrients just to get you around throughout the day. They're not going to stimulate. They're not a central nervous system. Not a central nervous system stimulant. In fact, they're just full of superfoods that can boost you naturally, um, which is phenomenal for the body. Um, we've got our green people daily aloe shampoo so you've got a nice clean option there if you want to stay away from shampoos full of parabens and sls's and other endocrine disrupting um, ingredients and carcinogens and we've got the green people stay fresh deodorant too once again f- free of aluminium and other nasties that have been linked to all sorts of health health destroying issues and carcinogens once again um you know, linked to cancer um lymph- lymphatic issues so we've got our green people daily aloe shampoo and our green people stay fresh deodorant and if you're looking for something just to clean the body uh, on a daily basis something you can put on your your face something topical then we've got um the clay cure companies bentonite pure clay you can put that on once or twice a week for guys before a shave it's great it really pulls out impurities of your skin and you get a really fresh clean shave for women you know you guys it's just brilliant once again you can put it all, all over the body actually not just your face um but it's great for putting out impurities um that can be deep and it's something that's been used for for, for, for so many years um and the benefits are the benefits are, are vast and varied so that's what we've got today. that's on the evolutional gates we're going to go through the evolution evolutional gates um, products today because there's so so much there that's great and also so we've got the dr mccullough's fermented corella which is a internal deodorant uh, as well as something that can pull out and chill out heavy metals toxins parasites protozoa corellas a single cell algae it's great for boosting immune system and um yeah also building 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 blocks of, of protein and muscle um but it's great as as an internal deodorant as well as getting rid of all nasties so that's it for t- today's um yeah that's what we say it's the show today sponsored by the products from evolution organic if you haven't looked in our shop and you're looking for great stuff then go through and scroll through there because you've got some really really good options um that you're not going to get or you're not going to see unless you go to certain outlets um as, as always, I wouldn't sell anything that I wouldn't take myself or or give to my family. So it's all top, top quality, free of health-destroying ingredients. Now, on to the, if I can speak, on to today's show, which is with 
the producer of the film The Need to Grow. And his name is Rob Herring, all the way from L.A. If you haven't seen the film Need to Grow, then you need to go to it, www.theneedtogrow.com. And it's going to just explain to you the importance of growing our own food, or at least backing local farmers, organic farming, how we need to regenerate the soil, what we're doing to our topsoil, if what 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 if we don't change our ways it's gonna to happen to us as as a species. You know, we've only got sixty years left of the farming of um, farmable land if we carry on doing what we're doing. And so, you know, I really I really think well, I can't say it can't say it enough, you know, how, how important it is to watch this film and, and, and the other films that we go into. Um, Rob mentions a few great ones that um, are coming out as well. But this interview goes deep into exactly what we need to do and why we need to be doing it. And once again, go to www.theneedtogrow.com and watch the film because it's going to really open your eyes. So without further ado, here's Rob, here's the interview, and I'll see you on the other side. What's the what's the weather like over there? Um, right now, not too bad. You know, I'm in L.A., so it's pretty temperate usually, but uh, it's starting to get into the chillier of L.A. What's months. that? What's chillier there? What's that about? Uh, <laughs> It doesn't get too cold, man. It drops down to maybe maybe fifties. Yeah, yeah. This this is Fahrenheit, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's like what uh, twelve, ten degrees. I'm trying to think. You, um, you don't get freezing, do you? No, not here. No. I mean, almost never happened here. But uh, some of the surrounding areas, there's some mountains. I was actually just up in the mountains the other day. That was nice. It was a bit refreshing. Bit of a winter there starting. Well, you got Lake, yeah, Lake Tahoe is near, right? Tahoe? Oh, um, it's in California, but it's pretty far up north. Okay. Yeah, have you been? Yeah, been there yet yeah, once. Yeah, it was uh, very cold when I went there. <laughs> so cool. when I was younger, we did uh, the whole of California. Well, the whole, the whole country. We did like, started off in LA, uh, went to Vegas, Reno, went through the mountains and we had to put on put on uh snow chains um coming out in sun snow sun again went around to like san fran and then down the other side of the coast um i was 18 19 at the time that time and then last year well, about 18 months ago i was in um san diego and um venice beach and near la um uh, yeah that's right here yeah yeah how, how'd you like la you been there long yeah, I've been here 12 years. Yeah, um, I mean, one of the great things about it is that it's it's about an hour, two hours from almost every geographical kind of vibe. There's, you know, the beach, there's desert, there's mountains, you can go skiing in two hours. You know, there's things that feel kind of jungly. I mean, it's it's got a bit of everything. Um, California is a pretty pretty magical place for that geographically yeah no, so, it is. it's wicked know. yeah if it wasn't for yeah Let's california is california is wicked it's just i said if it wasn't for um some of the wackadoo uh things that are coming in like in terms of laws um then sure. yeah uh well food vaccines in my opinion things like that like, like mandated things and what 5g for example that these things that's going on um yeah is that not happening in the uk so much it's 
not five. as not as bad. Yeah, that that's coming in London and certain places, but like um, five G is vaccines not so much as what you're getting over there. Like you're getting like mandatory vaccinations right. unless you're getting and uh, and I mean we have certain laws here that I mean our, we do have glyphosate nowhere near as much as what you you guys have had to deal with 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 that and Monsanto. And this is something that we also be talking about today. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I mean I mean. Because looking into you said you're like you're a health coach and stuff, so I mean it's it's awesome that your background's in that. But mm-hmm. making a film is something that I really want to do as well. Like I've, I think it's great to do that, get your passion out there. I mean, has was it? I mean, ha, was it a hard a hard road getting it getting it started? Like when when did you decide? You know what? I want to I want to do a film like because you said your your background's in health coaching, right? Sure. Are we are we live? We're going, we're going now. Is that right? Yeah, I've pressed it. Because we're just chatting, there's nothing. Is this okay? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you wanted to have a, an intro of some kind before we pop I'll, 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 I'll do that when uh, I'll, I'll do that on my own. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, always just, I always just go because this is quite cool. I always just go bosh, 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 and then we just get. It's quite nice just to get into the convo because it's. Uh, I would admit it's just something that I've been looked at, looking at, looking at, because you, you've also had. It was you and your friend. Um, Ryan uh, Wyrick. Wyrick, yeah. Wyrick. Um, yep. and, and his background was more in um, more in sort of like technology, bit of films, etc. right? And you're, you were more into the nutritional health, health side of things. Yeah, exactly. He was a journalist <clears throat> and uh, had done uh, a bit of, of filmmaking growing up. He kind of always had a camera in his hands, but nothing professionally. He was just – that was more of a hobby. And my background was – actually much more in front of the camera um, as an actor and musician. And then I started, I dabbled in studying film a bit, but then I did switch my gears into more of a nutrition, holistic health kind of uh, education and grappled with which direction really to go. I was pretty close to considering actually studying um naturopathic medicine which is you know becoming basically a real doctor and uh i ultimately landed on kind of merging both of those passions and just kind of fell into filmmaking through music actually i was i was doing music around activism and helping raise awareness about different issues in the food system and that's how i connected with ryan and he saw that i was really involved in this Um, I just worked on a small, very small budget uh, scripted film that has nothing to do with human health or environmental health. It was just a romantic comedy that my buddy wrote. And we pulled it off and did a pretty good job for for all things considered. And this guy, Ryan Weirich, was, you know, living also in Southern California at the time. We were two of the younger folks at that time that were really involved in the movement of raising awareness of genetically modified foods in the U.S. And so he knew of me and what I was doing, and I had heard his name, but we actually didn't even know each other before this project started, which is kind of why everyone assumes we were good friends. And our entire relationship is based off of him coming to see one of my other movies and then pitching me almost entirely cold. We didn't know each other. He writes me a really long message and tells me about this idea that he has. 
And so I wrote him a longer message back and we met up for coffee. And our whole thing was, you know, if, if, if we can tell a story that isn't just focusing on everything that's wrong right now, but really trying to engage people in a new way and hopefully show them something that could paint, you know, the path forward towards a more sustainable and regenerative food ecosystem and show the stories of people that are already doing it. So that was really the impetus. And, you know, we just kind of got really lucky with the people that we stumbled across over those next couple of years. So when you first moved to LA, was it for acting? Was it for directing? Acting, acting. Oh, for acting? Oh, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. I was living in New York at the time, and I went to school in New York and uh, was doing some acting there. And, yeah, I moved out here for an acting job and uh, never left. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. I think if I moved out there, I wouldn't leave either. The Californians were kids. So, that's, that's, I mean, it's quite a cool story. So, Ryan, so, Ryan, so you, was it, how long have you been working? It's about five years, was it? You first met five years ago? Yeah, we're coming up on six years. Six years, yeah, because I remember going, because it's, if you haven't, people out there, if you haven't seen the film Need to Grow, please go to the website www.needtogrow.com, watch it, it's a great film, it's really, I mean, I was lucky, I, I mean, I put it up, I posted it everywhere, if you didn't watch the preview, then it's your fault, like, you should have been watching the preview, you had a free screen of it, it was wicked, and he has some really good characters in the film, um, Eric Cutter from, yeah, he's a micro farmer um, in uh Al Guerrero, I think his company is Al Guerrero. Yeah, Allegria yeah. Farms. Allegria yeah. Farms. He's he's really cool, cool customer. We wouldn't mind speaking to him as well. And Michael Smith, who developed the Green Powerhouse, is he's an interesting character. He's someone I think. Uh, well, I mean, he comes across as he's like a, a bit of a genius, isn't he? And um, yeah, I mean, full on genius. Working for, I mean, he turned down roles working for Pixar was it Pixar or different films in terms of what he was doing um Lucas Arts George Lucas's company and yeah famous for Star Wars and all that yeah uh, his his background is phenomenal I could dip into that for a moment he you know he's so unique in the space of working in anything having to do with agriculture because he comes from a computer software and engineering and physics background and basically he invented the first 3D animation technology that was bought by Disney, used in the movie Aladdin. He digitized signal audio signal processing for the first time on um, big records for the Beatles, Pink Floyd, etc. cetera. Uh, his team won a Grammy at one point for kind of restoring, you know, old signals that no one could could clean up. And so he's, he was working on these types of technologies and um, – he invented some AI systems that were then used in video games. And so really popular games like uh, Grand Theft Auto and Halo and, and FIFA and Madden and all of these uh, games that yeah, have to do amazing. Yeah, interaction of um, you know different characters, right? So you see a soccer player and or football player <laughs> in your case who yeah, kicks yeah. the ball. Um, to their teammate and how does that teammate respond and interact right in live time and how does the opponent try to block that so there's incredibly complex algorithms and artificial intelligence that's happening behind the scenes there and so he kind of had this epiphany where he was looking at natural systems and he was like well what if we you know allowed natural resources to communicate in a way that these characters would in a game and so 
if you looked at something like algae or carbon or uh, soil or nitrogen or water and put them into a system that could actually allow them to communicate with each other to kind of negotiate for efficiency in a way. Um, it's hard to explain. I only understand it so much. But um, what has come out of that is that you have these natural systems mm. and what he really refers to as natural intelligence because it isn't artificial intelligence. It's natural systems that are really just given the opportunity to speak. And it has optimized the ability to regenerate resources in a way that doesn't exist anywhere on Earth. And I've continued to search for years after we found him, talked with some of the biggest um, companies and nonprofits who are looking for big technologies. And I've always looked at their finalists and um, I've been lucky to get in contact with some folks who run some of these organizations and say, you know, what is the most exciting thing you're seeing? And, you know, I was trying not to be just to uh, drink the Kool-Aid on the Michael Smith thing because I was like, is this, am I being naive here? Is this not as cool as I think it is? <clears throat> and as time went on, I've never seen anything that has come quite as close. Um, I mean, I should say that again. I should, I've never seen anything that's come anywhere near as close as speeding up, particularly for soil resources. So for four, four, four days, for 400 years of what nature would take, right? In the film, that is what they believed at the time. And it has actually since exceeded that. And, really? Uh, well... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we, it's, it's just such a great moment because, you know, when we showed up there, um, and when you see the film, or if you've seen the film, we arrive at this place called the Green Powerhouse. It's a pyramid structure. It looks like a spaceship, quarter acre system. Is it Idaho? What's that? Is it Idaho? Oh, in Montana. Montana, yeah. that's it, Montana. I, yeah, Montana. I've actually got a friend in Montana. Sorry, you said. So I just want to make sure, because I remember looking and thinking, I've got a friend there. I don't remember where it was. Yeah, Montana. So you you turned up, looked like a spaceship. So I continue. Yeah, it's just, you know, almost where you would least expect it. And, um, you know, when we roll up there in the film is authentically the real time we're seeing it, the real time that Eric Cutter is arriving there, they're meeting for the first time. You know, we're just cameras are just rolling and, you know, we're just blown away as we're witnessing this and getting a tour for the first time ourselves. And in the midst of that is when we hear um, that, you know, he's basically able to do in four days what would take nature about 400 years in terms of regenerating certain resources. Now, after the film, we've actually had some of his products um, analyzed um, by some bigger groups, particularly in the U.S. here, the USDA, that needs to verify things if they're going to be labeled as organic for to sell for products. And, um, you know, he's a startup. And so we caught him very early stages of this technology. So it was his best estimate at the time. And what we since found out was there are these components called humic and fulvic substances, humic and fulvic acids that actually can only be found in high concentrations in in geology that is millions of years old. And so you find it actually in something called Leonardite shell and people, companies that put it into fertilizer amendment products, soil amendment products, they mine it. And it's somewhere between 15 million to 75 million year old stuff. And you can get it in really low concentrations, really low parts per million in certain forms of composting and vermicompost. 
But the concentrations that he's getting were so high that the USDA was unconvinced that he wasn't adding something in. They, they said, you know, where are you getting your humic substances? Like, what's the input? And he was like, there is no input. And so they had to send someone out to the system to Check. inspect and make sure he wasn't secretly pumping something in. And uh, that's what's so beautiful about his system is this totally closed loop. And, you know, they were like, okay, I guess this is real. And what we've since kind of, I mean, it almost sounds too ridiculous, but it, it is closer to, you know, millions of years, really. And millions of years in four days. In terms of... Yeah, you know, I know what you're saying, but, it's, it's, but the thing is, when you look at, like, this is what we're... Hmm, Instead of destroying the planet, this is what we should be doing. You know, we should be finding out ways to do these things. Like this is what we're here for, not to destroy the soul, but how do we make it better? How how do we live underwater? You know, <laughs> I'm not saying we should, but do you know what I mean? It's just like we should be looking at things to do, like rather than talking about all the nonsense that we're talking about right now in terms of like gender and all this rubbish. How about we do things like this is phenomenal. Like, um, and because looking at the, yeah, I can go so many different ways with it, with this because it's, um, so interesting. Cause especially when, I mean, did the film take longer because the place got burnt down? Um, yes, very much so. Yeah. We, when we started the movie, we, you know, could never predict that we were going to work on it for over five years. And, um, about four of that was filming just to put it in perspective, but we thought we would shoot for maybe a year and we were just looking for really cool projects and you never expect, you know, drama to happen. Um, as a filmmaker, you kind of have to keep your antennas up and like looking for, are there really interesting characters that there may be more personal stories going on, but um, you know, you never can anticipate something like this. And what was unique about our film, I think by the end was that all three of the characters, Alicia, Eric and Michael all faced major setbacks <clears throat> kind of blended to their, you know, Phoenix rising story, this hero's journey. That do you reckon I thought, that was something to do with you filming them? Say that again? Do you reckon that was something to do with you filming them? Do you reckon that could have been something to do with you filming them? Um, the drama that happened or the fact that they made it through at the end? Well, but both actually. Um, I'm wondering if, um, because, like, one, we, put, you, put, you, you might put them, on, put, them on the, sorry, put them on the map, sort of, so to speak. Like, did many people know about what Michael Smith uh, was doing beforehand? Um, I don't think, no, I don't, I don't think our, our presence had anything to do. I mean, the one place that could be argued was maybe when, when Alicia at eight years old went into New York city, they could have seen that we had cameras, but the interesting thing about, you know, Ryan and I's setup is that, you know, we were, it was just the two of us making this film for the entire time. Um, only after it was shot did we bring on some other producers and things, but we had no sound team. You know, it was literally us filming, directing, writing, editing, producing. And, you know, in that rag, I mean, in that, uh, you know, rugged uh, run and gun style, we had these little DSLR cameras, they're called, and it looks nothing more than just a regular photograph camera. So, 
you know, it's stealthy in a way. No, I um, thought I thought it was wicked. I didn't. I would never have thought it was a shooter. It looked really. I mean, thanks. any other production I've seen like that sort of film, you never would have thought. I was really impressed. Like, it didn't look like it wasn't. It's not me just sitting there saying because you're there. Like, but you can tell when when people watch it, you can better tell. It's like any other documentary that I've seen. It looks the real deal. But um, yeah, no, it was just interesting to see that 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 got burnt down or that is a, I don't know where the fire would have started sort of thing hmm one of those ones people can make up watch the film and make up their own minds and what could have happened there but there's a lot of interests um, there's a lot of big companies that would be interested in his his technology not getting out um, because hmm, because of what it can do in terms of oil and other resources there you know um, I think it's I mean just for him how did he even get into that like where did he even start to think oh you know what, i'm gonna do this with because if he's working on working on video games and stuff but like where i mean how did he even fund it is it like it's mad because it because that looks like that would have cost a lot of money to develop uh yeah he did get some grants from um the department of agriculture oh, and, really? in Montana, and then you know he he does live in a spot in montana that is you know, big ski town that does attract some wealthier folks. And I think he had a lot of in-kind support and donations as he was, you know, initially starting. And, uh, yeah, the idea came from him looking at some of the geothermal energy that was happening around one of the hot springs in Montana. And he was actually just out there for a soak, which he does, um, quite regularly just for his own health and, and, you know, relaxation, mental wellness. And he was looking in the dead of winter at this algae that was really thriving there while it's freezing cold. And, you know, the, the way that that happens is because partly of this geothermal heat that is coming from the hot springs. And so, you know, he was thinking if there's a way that we can take CO2 from a waste source that, you know, is actually what algae wants and thrives on. Um, and we could capture some of this geothermal energy. We'd be able to create biomass in a really fast way without any input other than waste. And that biomass could then be converted back into energy gases like methane or, um, you know, energy and different oils that could be fractioned off, but it's also a nutrient-dense substance. And so the thing about algae is that it can't be um, used by plants in the state that it is. So a lot of soil amendments will include things like kelp, and that has some some great nutrient density in kelp, and it's more bioavailable for plants to use. Algae is different in the sense that it actually can't be used by plants as is. And so you have to put it through what's known as a biodigestion process. And so you have these anaerobic biodigesters, which break down the algae and open up this kind of inner supply of nutrients. And, you know, once he got it to the right scale and just almost by accident, they realized that this was this incredible plant biostimulant because they were really um, initially just looking at the energy. And it very quickly became obvious that the energy was not the most valuable thing here. 
um, which is tough in today's mindset because when people look at the system and they see that this quarter acre system running entirely off of waste could power up to 100 homes, you know, that's where most investors' minds go. But that is so secondary to the ability to create these plant resources that can not only stimulate plant growth, but also regenerate and um, kind of cultivate soil health. And that, you know, when you look at the state of the soil around the world, you realize that's the true value if humanity is going to move forward. We don't just need another way to, you know, power our homes right now. We, we need to be thinking about powering the human race with food and that's you know where his mind went so no, it's a complex system there's a lot going on there well no there is i mean we talk about i've got them all written down you've got some really good cool people in there as well we can go into like eric and um, lisa as well but this is what you just said there is really really what it's about right the, the film need to grow did it take you long to come up with that title or is it always in the back of your mind we wanted something with grow for a long time, and initially it was going to be more about urban agriculture. Um, we thought this was going to be about rooftop farming and indoor aquaponics and hydroponics because we wanted it to be sexy and young and cool and try to get a new audience and, you know, invested in the idea of food. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we just played around because the, the thing about the need to grow, we felt um, had a few different meanings, you know, not just about growing food, but it was more about the need for our species to grow up and really just become, you know, more responsible, more conscious of the planet as one ecosystem, one human family. And there's almost a negative um, other meaning, which <clears throat> isn't really explored too much in the film, but initially we were going to play with the idea of, you know, this idea how we're so caught up in the notion that success means just increasing profits. And when you look at, <clears throat> excuse me, when you look at an economy, you know, it's literally called successful or not based off of how much product it's selling. And when a system like that is built off of only extraction, you know, you have to extract, create, junk products and sell them and sell them and sell them and then we look at the end of the year and look at the numbers and go wow you know this country's doing well this had a successful year when really that's the exact opposite this country you know was further responsible for consuming the resources that were available and so this need to grow for companies like legally every quarter they have to if there's public, like if they're shareholder companies, they have to legally have a responsibility to their investors to grow profits, grow profits, grow profits at all expenses. And so there's a deeper, you know, economic conversation, I think, that we didn't really explore in the film. Um, other filmmakers that I know and love are, are tackling that in bigger ways. And uh, it's something that, that is more interwoven just into the whole paradigm of the way this planet operates as, you know, multinational corporations and, and, and profit driven. That is really what runs the world. You know, when we really look at it, are these companies, you know, those are the powers. Yeah. Um, yep. I mean, they've, so. they've, they've done a good job in, I was, I've had, um, 
I've, I've discussed this at length with quite a few people in here. Do you know Paul Check by any chance? Paul Check. Right. So. You're in LA. You need to know this guy. If you're making films, this is, he's like the holistic godfather. He's got the Czech Institute. He's in San Diego. Um, he's everyone people you you will know him c at c h e k paul check he's like i've had him on my podcast he's phenomenal i've had like he's someone like if you're going to integrate everything that you want about health this guy has been doing he was teaching the medical doctors how to help people get over injuries talking about soil science and gut health 35 years ago and everyone was laughing at him uh he's like and just because I always talk to people that are in like LA and California and I say, do you know Paul Check? And they say no. And I'm like, how? Like how? Because he's like, if you're in my world and your world as well, like he's like someone who's, yeah, he, because you know you have like paleo effects, don't you, every year? I think it's in California. It's like a, it's like a quite a big uh, health, he's always one of the keynote speakers there. Anyway, I was just going to say, because um, we had a big discussion with him about this, because I always ask like, why, these companies must know that when they're destroying the soil, for example, Monsanto, which has been taken to the cleaners now by lawsuits, lawsuits that are just because of cancer, which is phenomenal, and they got bought by Bayer, uh, Bauer, and now they're getting destroyed. Yeah, Bayer, and um, and um, yeah, but they've done enough damage anyway. They've like, as you said before, oh, we've we've, we've increased yield by destroying um, destroying the soil. Um, but then next year we need to use more pesticides and more herbicides and more, more glyphosate and just going deeper and deeper and destroying the, the earth, which we can discuss. But I said to Paul, like, why? I mean, it, I mean, it's sort of understood, but I was like, how do these people not understand that all they're doing is destroying the soil, not just for us, but for, for their children and their grandchildren? And it's like, when you get to that point where you just, you just ignore, you just black everything out and just concentrate on profit, and yep. you don't understand. And that was just like people, they've got to understand that <laughs> without the soil, because we were going to talk about this, because obviously you've, done, you've gone deep into it. And we've researched, researched it a lot. I've had, I had Dr. Zach Bush on the show. Um, I think he was in your documentary, right? Um, I know him. We worked on something that we showcase as a follow-up uh, resource after the film, but he he's not in the film itself, but he's involved. Yeah. Right, perfect. We're talking about obviously glyphosate, and he's he's got products at Restore, which we have on, which is great for helping people um, yep. with their gut. But we were talking about like how how they just, just people don't understand if the, if the if the bugs go, the insects go, the bees go. These are the sex organs of the planet. And people right. think of soil as just dirt. They don't understand how many different funguses, moles, parasites, and all the other bugs and things that are on. Like, it's like if you have one pinhead of dirt, it's got like over six six million different like, living organisms in it. And how this this sort of like it's almost like it's a different world down there. People don't understand. Um, but there is a site in America that actually says like, don't step on the soil because you can destroy seven million years. The government do know, but it's amazing how they've let this go on. And you said like sixty percent of the world's well, mostly of America's topsoil was gone. I think in nineteen eighty, so there must be even more now. And but there are you said what you said like because you said you don't want to, which is really good in the film. You didn't just want to concentrate on what's going wrong. You want to concentrate on what we can do to to get this back because one of the things you said 60 you've only got 60 years of, of farming or of like f um, farmable soil left on earth you know and, and china are doing a job and so are russia but then again Pu um, putin is actually trying to become the biggest 
uh, distributor of organic produce in the world, Russia. Um, that was his. That's what he said a couple of years ago. So, and I wouldn't put it past him to do that. But it was just like, in in terms of what you you've you found, like when you when you went into it, did you? Um, the people you come across, like when you went into it and listened to them speak, or actually dug into like, the soil science, was it worse than what you first thought? But how bad it actually is, what we need to do, or was it, you know, well, actually, it's a little bit better than what I thought it was. I thought it was actually in a, in a worse state. Right. Yeah, it's easy to fall into the trap of how overwhelming some of this stuff is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think there's this notion of like sustainable, sustainable activism that we need to talk about, which is just the mental approach to some of these things, because it's very easy to get depressed when you look at some of the statistics, not just with soil, but, you know, what we've done to rainforest and and species extinction that's happening. But what I think the, the magic that you find the deeper that you go is that mother nature is so much more intelligent and adaptable than we could ever possibly fathom. And so you know, how much destruction are we going to do in the meantime? Um, you know, there will, it's probably going to get a little bit worse or very worse before it really gets better until people really start paying attention on a large enough scale. Just unfortunately, that's human nature is that, you know, your neighbor's house is burning and you're kind of like, well, mine's all right. And then, you know, until it's at your doorstep and you go, oh crap. So, Excuse me. So at this point, what I found is that, um, you know, natural systems can bounce back so much faster than I think some environmental alarmists are maybe willing to admit um, because we don't want apathy. And so it's a tough conversation to have because if you say, no, it'll all be all right then it's like, okay, well, then I can just go back to doing everything that I'm doing. But So we need action, and it does need to be alarming. We do need to light a fire under people's butts to get moving and get involved in solutions. But at the same time, I think that once we wake up to allowing natural systems to do their thing, um, we'll just be shocked. I mean, there's another great film called Biggest Little Farm, and I think it works really well in – in tandem with our story because what they show on in their film is um just a few year process on a farm that was completely void of of any biodiversity completely dead soil no life anywhere on this place and just with a little bit of focus on permaculture principles and soil health you just start watching these different species start returning almost by magic, you know, nature just starts to know, here we go, all right, and then there's the succession that happens. Yeah. You know, one species leads to the next. Have you seen one, that Have you seen that film or the, or when they bring the wolves back into Yosemite Park? Yeah, that's a great example, exactly. So when you look at, uh, and another great film, I mean, um, you know, we want, we want people to watch The Need to Grow as well, but <laughs> I just, I love, you know, supporting these other stories because there's, they're, I think they work so beautifully together. There's a great movie that just came out called Serengeti Rules, which talks about um, exactly the concept that you're saying there, which is the, the idea of a keystone species, which mm. you have one, there's 
sometimes there's one species that can a- apex predator isn't it a wolf so like so that when they come in and certainly it said like then it meant that certain areas that animals were in they wouldn't go there and so they had the trees to grow them and the trees come in like more birds come in and they meant they scavenged more and it was just like and it, it yeah. changed the, it changed, changed even the way the water flew, uh, flows and it changed the way the yeah. river was and, and it was just amazing and it was um hadn't been there for 70 years and it come back and so this is I always want to say to people all we can do is the best that we can do but you have to start by doing it yourself right so uh, that's a great message saying that like, it's not all doom and gloom we can do it but you know, certain things that we can do is back in organic farmers and small farms. And yeah, one of the things sure. I've heard you talk about before was composting. Like how big? How big was that? In how how big do you think that will that will be for people? Yeah, that to me, like if if people walked away doing nothing else um, from this film, but but understood the importance of composting. You know, I think that is probably one of the you know. Um, easier access points for for people to get involved because it's not a huge lifestyle change. Um, all you have to do is, you know, when you're peeling a carrot or you've chopped off the end, you know, of a zucchini, instead of thinking that's that's just waste that's going to go into my garbage can and then end up in a landfill where it will emit further greenhouse gases. Instead, I can think of that as soil food, you know, and that needs to be returned, you know, in a way through composting where it can break down and become soil once again. And that is not something to underestimate. Um, there's a phenomenal organization called Project Drawdown that did a research project on what were the top causes of climate change and therefore the biggest opportunities for solution. And they went in there um, with no preconceived notions and everything had to be bulletproof, validated science that no one could ever poke a hole in because they thought it would, you know, tear down their entire argument. And so when they conservatively listed out these top 100 causes and opportunities for solutions, the number four solution was food waste. But the organizer of this um project his name is paul hawken brilliant man he has gone on record and said that the only reason food waste is number four is because we can't quantify the emissions of methane nitrous oxide and carbon dioxide that come off of landfills there's just no way to measure it right now and because we can't measure it we can't put it in our report because we're we were so you know, adamant that everything had to be num- hard numbers that could be totally researched and, and validated and, and, you know, checked out again. So with that said, he was very clear that it's absolutely that food waste is the number one cause of climate change, period. Really? We just can't quantify that side of it. But the, even just the other sides of it, we can quantify. And so what's important for people to keep in mind, I think, is that, you know, we have these estimates of around 40% of food grown is just totally wasted. I think it might be oh, slightly... Yeah. So much of it, because it looks slightly odd. It's madness. Yeah, if it doesn't look perfect. And then there are, you know, refrigeration issues along the way. And 
Um, there's sometimes surplus that they just can't sell it. And they waste that, which sounds insane as well. But what, what I think people need to put in their mind is like if you can imagine a giant pile of food, you know, and 40 percent of it just gets thrown into a landfill. That's something that people can visualize. But what we need to do is go one step further and think it's actually 40 percent of all the water that was used to grow that food was used for no reason. You know, it was 40 percent of the labor, 40 percent of the carbon emissions that were used to truck that across the country or fly it across the world. You know, 40 percent of the pesticides that were unnecessarily sprayed and have now, you know, washed down into our uh, down river into our water systems, you know, 40% of all of these factors for no reason. And so we need to optimize food distribution. Um, it's just as important as maybe more so you can make the argument that it is more important than the way food is grown. Because if we're wasting almost half of it or half of it, it's like, you know, my God, what are we doing? And then we're going to talk about how there are people that are starving in the world, oh. and that we, yeah, it's it's terrible. I mean, I think I heard one. Uh, it was a statistic. It was like um, it costs something like two two hundred fifty six billion dollars a year to feed everyone, uh, and have everyone in houses and heating and san- and sanitation in the world, um, and America spends double that on ice cream every year. And so it's like it's it's obvious that there's things in play here, you know, which which is meant to keep people down. And so when you talk about it like that, it's it's amazing. Even even like the energy it takes, even even the food that gets eaten, the energy it takes to fly a blueberry from Chile to the UK. Like what are we thinking? Like, like it just it's just mad. And so supporting your local farmers, getting out there doing it yourself, that's huge. So for people out there, what they can do, literally, when they're cutting their stuff up, just go and put their bananas, skins, potato skins, whatever on, on their soil? Simple as that? Um, there's a few different methods of composting. I'm a big fan of what's called vermicompost, which is using worms in the system. So some people may not may not be into it, but once you get over any kind of, you know, ewy feeling about worms, you start to see how, you know, magic um, and important worms are and they really are the creators of the earth in a way um charles darwin towards the end of his career everyone thought he was going insane because he started to become obsessed with earthworms and he spent all this time researching them and observing how they were creating healthy soil and he was in his old age and so people thought he went totally bonkers but at the time he was you know observing the fact that this is such a critical species to um, human existence if we're going to grow food or live on this planet. So if you can do vermicompost, find someone who does, but you don't need worms. You know, there's, this is just the magic of natural systems. You can do a small compost pile in your backyard by digging a hole. Um, you know, we won't go into the ins and outs of all the proportions of how to make it balanced and speed up the process of decomposition but the key there is that there are these billions and trillions of microbes as you were referring to earlier that that's their job is they turn these these organic materials this biomass back into soil all we have to do is give them the chance to do it and then we put it in a landfill it 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 doesn't happen because of the lack of access usually to air and if we, there are ways to do anaerobic composting actually, but, um, 
you can do this indoor. I mean, I know people that do it, that compost in an apartment. It doesn't smell. It doesn't attract bugs. It doesn't attract rodents. You know, there's a lot of unfortunate misconceptions or fears that people have. Uh, but once you first watch like your own food scraps in a couple of weeks, it's just turn into soil. It's pretty phenomenal and you feel empowered because when you understand how important soil is to virtually every other environmental issue and you say hey i'm a soil creator now um i'm part of the solution that might be the most important thing that you know not enough people are talking about but may be the key to restoring this planet's health um that's really cool and it's something that you can do for free yeah i mean people Rather than having like beautiful gardens outside, you can grow your own food. Fifty percent of the food in World War Two came from people's back gardens. People don't realize that. Like they were making their own food, and people obviously when it, when foods they go appreciate it more when you have to make it yourself. You know, it's the same thing. People, it, most people are eating far too much food, or they're not very mindful of what they're eating. When you're taking time to grow it, put your love and energy into it, and you've got to cook it yourself different it's a game changer right that's why we we don't appreciate stuff because it comes far too easy for a lot of stuff and these things you go and just go and you eat mindfully uh mind um without any mindfulness i should say this eating stuff it's it's a game changer and when you have to go and hunt stuff and grow it it's yeah. it's mad and and this is the other thing after the world wars you know you mentioned in in your in film, they're putting in the MPK fertilizer, which is only three elements because they get it from the um, from all the ammunition that were left over. Um, yeah. And it's meant to have like 60 plus elements for having healthy soil. So you're missing a hell of a lot of, of elements. So you get these big plants, but have got no nutrients in them. And these tomatoes are three times the size, but they're actually just pumped up foods with no actual minerals or vitamins or micronutrients in which are extremely important and then you talk about what they're feeding the animals in these CAFOs um, and it just goes on and on and on and this is why it's so important to have good so I mean if, if your animals aren't eating good grass for example if you're, if you're eating beef that's eating uh, corn and plastic pellets and rendered food and um anything like that you know you're eating dead diseased animals uh, that are having and if you see some of the things they they can cut out these tumors that are actually in the meat and they put it into market it's like they do with the fish they cut out the big parasites before it comes in all these things are big issues that need people need to understand this is why i travel 30 minutes to my farmer to go and get my meat because i know him i know what they use pasture for life farming and, and it's same with same with the products you use go and get the quality and, and make sure you you know what's coming because otherwise you know short say short term it seems like short term uh, evading of cost long term it's gonna it's gonna cost you dearly and so you know, it's awesome some of the things you mentioned there, there Rob, because I think people need to understand how important. Because there's things you can go and grow, even if even if it's just like carrots or some spinach or some zucchini, what you call we call call jets. You know, um, and you can grow your own plants or, or your own vegetables, and maybe you've got an apple tree or whatever it is. Whatever you can do, just add into it. That's great. You know, and then you'll see different animals come in and around your garden. And yeah, they might be a pain, but it's all part of the ecosystem, you know. And I mean, need to and whatever you're doing, there's things you can do about using get away from that glyphosate. But it's really important to people to understand how important it is to become. It's almost like we've we think we're above nature. We've almost divided ourselves. We've split away from nature, and we're going. You know what? 
we're just going to do our thing. And people don't actually understand where their food comes from. Most people haven't ever killed an animal or like even grown anything. And I think this is a big thing, you know. And so it's it's something we need to sort of find. It. We've made things, I always say, I've said this many times before, and I say like we think that with this clever species because everything's quicker and artificial intelligence and all this, you know, quicker and easier, yet we're fatter and sicker than ever. So surely there's something in there in that, you know, and it's, it's, it's a reason why there's people that eat in a certain way, live in a certain way, they're quite healthy and they do things in in, in in a way that creates health rather than it creates disease. And I think it's awesome that people need to go and watch a film. How did you, how did you find these guys in your film? Because, um, a few of them I know, like, um, uh, Shiva, uh, she's, she's wicked. Um, people haven't watched it, but you've got some really cool people in your film. Did you just come across them like just as you like researching or was it people that put you in contact with them oh did you did you have i think you did have paul stamets in your film yeah about to say yeah he's he's one he's one the mushroom he he talks about mushrooms and how they can just yeah phenomenal go ahead yeah paul stamets um is a living legend he's also a genius um and our our friend louis schwartzberg just did a film not entirely about Paul, but Paul's one of the stars called Fantastic Fungi, which is also gorgeous. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of a lot of great movies that that your viewers should check out. And uh, anyway, so Paul Jeffrey Smith um, is one of the leaders in helping raise awareness about genetically modified foods. I mean, there are few people that have traveled the country and help raise awareness about that. And Vandana Shiva is basically an international icon for the work that she's doing. Mm. And so folks like that, we, you know, had come across in some of the earlier work that I was doing because in the U.S., you know, we we were so far behind in terms of being willing to label our food that contained genetically modified organisms or GMOs. And so... California was the first U.S. state to put it on um, a ballot initiative to have people vote on whether or not we should label foods that have these, you know, ingredients. And so at the time in the U.S., no one had any idea what the heck a GMO was. And I had learned about it and wanted to just support getting the word out. And so I was fortunate enough to connect with some of the very early instigators of that labeling movement here in California. And because I was, you know, at the time an even younger guy and doing music about it, which was pretty different, um, they were just so, they just embraced this approach that I had to help spread the message. I was creating music videos and kind of comedy videos. I was really trying to do something different to help just get normal people over the idea that this was some crazy conspiracy theory, but to really just open their mind up to what was going on because it was such a wild idea um, that we were genetically engineering foods to, you know, withstand higher doses of toxic chemicals and all this kind of thing. So through that work, I did become connected with a number of these folks and uh, it certainly helped open the door for what would be a few years later when I would reach back out and say, Hey, I'm doing a, doing a project now, a film project. I would love to sit down with you. And, uh, you know, most of these people 
are usually happy to uh, to get the word out. So sometimes even folks that you don't think you could get in a room, all it takes is you know asking, <laughs> and sometimes some persistence. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I uh, I get asked all the time by some uh, people. Like, How'd you get him on? I was like, just asked. Like, I just just ask. Just don't ask, don't get. But but also like, also it's just like people want to spread this message. Most people that are doing this work want to get it out to people. So exactly. even yep. if it's like a few thousand or hundreds, that they want to get it because it's going to get and and the more people you do it, different avenues it goes out. Like I've I've got people listening. I had someone reach out to me um, from. Um, Philadelphia the other day saying oh Ryan listen to your podcast but I know we have people generally like California is quite big in the listeners we've got New York's quite big um trying to think uh Austin Texas is quite big for like listeners and stuff but like different place I was like whoa I, was, I get something like, like New Zealand and Australia reasonable but certain parts of America and I get them I'm like oh right cool um South yeah. Dakota, South Dakota the other day. I was like, South Dakota, different bloody hell. Right, okay, here we go. So so it's good, but the most people want to get it out because, like, Jeffrey Smith, people that don't know, he was massive into the G. I think his film was G- Genetic uh, Engineering, was it? Um, what was it? Is that what it was called? Genetic oh, Roulette. Genetic yeah. Roulette, that was it. Yeah, Genetic Roulette. And obviously, people call him a quack and, and woo woo. And anyone who's ever been on Quack Watch is someone who's done anything for humanity you know basically most people on there that i know are people that are really really good people that are doing great obviously there's some some people on there that are not but jeffrey smith is someone that his his knowledge about gmos is phenomenal um paul stamets he's anyone who hasn't listened or knows about paul stamets work should go and research him. he's got a really good interview with joe rogan actually on the joe rogan podcast he yeah. talks about the the biggest organism in the world uh, is actually a mushroom in one of the f- fields and yep. that that um can really help mushrooms can really help to regenerate soil did he talk about that much of you guys oh yeah for sure yeah so paul stamets is what's called a mycologist mm-hmm. right someone who studies uh, studies fungus and um like you say yeah, people don't realize that the largest organism is this. I think it's about 26 square miles in Oregon, and you know it's one species. And the mycelial network is something that we barely mention in our film, and it's just because there's just it is a rabbit hole that you could do an entire film on. Yeah, you could, yeah. Just did called Fantastic Fungi that just came out, and um, it's you know fungus is this unbelievable intelligence system that is an internet underground and people would think that some of the claims are science fiction when you actually see the way that it can communicate uh, i mean it's it's freakish you know you can have one side of this 26 mile um organism have an invader or a pest uh, come in and you know almost instantly on the complete opposite side you will have the antibodies being produced, but it can also communicate among other species and and help organize nutrients like through a forest. So you can help move things from tree to tree. Um, There's an intelligence there that has been studied in some just it's this one sounds like science fiction. You would take a fungus mold and drop it into a, a rat maze. If you can imagine, like a little maze where you'd put cheese. Is this the, the Japanese rat- Japanese one? Is this a Japanese? 
Yeah, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. I think it's just people. When I first heard this, I was like, "No way, go ahead." Yes, yeah, so, you know, if you can imagine a rat and a or a mouse in a little maze, and they're sniffing out the cheese, and eventually they, you know, they find it. But first, they're hitting a few dead ends and walls and working their way around. And so you drop in this mycelium, this little fungus, and uh, you put the food source, which is the sugar in this case, at some part of the maze, and you see this mold grow out and grow out, and it starts to go down the wrong corridors, and eventually it just keeps growing, and it finds the food source, right? And then you scoop out just part of that that fungus there, not the whole organism from the first maze. You scoop out just part of it. You drop it into a duplicate maze, and you'll see this will grow instantly. The or its first try will go directly in the shortest possible route to the food source. As I mean, it absolutely learned the map. It learned spatial awareness. It knew exactly how to duplicate this. So there's an intelligence going on there that you know we barely can understand. And then the Japanese scientists were <laughs> took that a step further and put food sources um, in proportion to where major cities were, and wanted to look at it almost as if what their subway connections were or their transport lines. And so when they watch this um, fungus grow out, first it grows out everywhere, finds the food sources, and over time it just leaves the connections between these different food sources. But nature always has redundancy and backups. It's never just one if it can help it because, you know, you have to have fail-safes in nature. And so when they observe this, after it had settled on the optimized interconnection from these points that represented the different cities, these Japanese engineers looked at this and were just blown away and said, wow, this is the most optimized, efficient subway system that we've never thought of. But nature thought of it for us. And ah, such a beautiful story because it's, you know, what else can it do? You know, what what other lessons can we learn if we give it the chance to teach us? Nature finds a way. This is one of the things that in that film Alien. This is one of the things that scared me with the with the with the farm fish. I was thinking like they say they're not going to get them out. So if one of those GMO fi- um, designed fish gets out, you think. But nature right. nature finds a way. That's that's what you say, that nature's clever. Yeah, Sarah is so clever. I mean, that story for people out there. I mean, it's it just shows how intelligent nature is and how much we don't. A lot of people don't give it credit for. Don't understand, like thinking that we're above it and all the things that we're doing that that are that are like killing off species. And we need to really work. I mean, mushrooms. You said um, I can't remember what what Paul's site is called, but. I think it's some fungus, something like that. But if you, people haven't looked it up, I mean, it's great. So yeah. people, people will go and watch your film as well. But having these other films, people go and watch is great as well because it means that you know you can just expand the knowledge. Because every, you guys, like everything you're saying, it was you all sit within this middle ground, which is really important for people, so they can see. Because there's composting, you have got mushrooms, and you take away. Stop putting money into GMOs. You know, knowing where your food's coming from. Then you look at the water supply. Did you go much into the water supply in your film about how that can affect, like, the quality of water? How can that can affect different plants and how it can grow different, uh, different quality of food? 
what we talked about a bit more was the effect of agriculture systems on water just through their own pollution. Um, not quite the other way around of water quality into food, but of course, yeah, that's, that's huge. And, uh, Eventually, you know, we always imagined doing a film on water specifically, and we'll see. There's a few other projects that have popped up that, that may distract us from that one, but but it's yeah. a huge issue. Yeah. No, also no, because I remember saying like a lot of the, the, the water has been polluted, and they're actually they've actually shown that the oh, Paul talks about this a lot. There's a there's a there's a like some of the some of the chemicals that get switched off then get switched back on again by certain funguses in water which were then more like poisoning the fish and it was allowed and it's also because of the things that are in the water that are turning all the, the male fish into female fish and hermaphrodites and a lot of the reasons why the alligators in the everglades aren't able to impregnate the female ones because their penises are actually too small because they're not growing to full size because of the chemicals in the water there's lots of things going on like that which we have to really be like very careful about um if it carries on going but you did actually mention when we had a little chat over email about some other interesting projects you've got coming up what what is going on what's on the horizon Sure. Um, you know, we have always been interested in this m micro universe as we delve in, into in the film, which I think was one of the cool things we had was this animation that looked at the this this cosmic intelligence through these microbes that we were referencing earlier, right? And just a tablespoon of soil, you have, you know, as many as 6 billion to 10 billion microorganisms. And at the same time as we were you know, researching a lot about soil health, we we're also learning much more about gut health and, you know, the microbiome of ourselves. And soil really is the microbiome of the planet and vice versa. You know, our gut is kind of the soil of our bodies. Mm -hmm. And the intelligence there is, a, you know, similar um, just in terms of the regulation that the foundational health that all starts in this micro environment. So we are exploring um, a project having to do with this, particularly from the approach of mental wellness and the connection of the gut and the gut brain axis as um, kind of, you know, almost the overarching thing of, you know, if we want the planet to be, fixed you know mental health might not seem like an environmental solution but you can't save the planet with a bunch of depressed um people you know we can't save the planet with a bunch of people who have severe memory issues alzheimer's add um and so forth so you know when we look at the health of the planet, like you said, we are the earth. It's not a separation of humans and nature. Um, we're not even on the earth. Like we are it, we are part of it, you know? Mm. And I think as this species that has that great responsibility to either destroy other ecosystems or help, you know, heal them, um, we have to start probably with our own, relationships, emotional health, mental wellness, if we're going to work together to actually do this. So it's kind of a, you know, a bit of a, a leap of uh, how we get to that being an environmental solution. But um, we're exploring a project, yeah, having to do with mental wellness. And we also, I, I've co-founded a company called Integrative Pediatrics with my good friend who's phenomenal, holistic 
pediatrician here in Los Angeles and really looking at children's health. And, you know, again, if we want to protect the future of life, you know, there's so much focus being done right now on adult health. And there's so much industry around losing weight, healing from this, beauty, so forth. And there's not quite as much attention being paid to children. And how do we actually raise children in a way that they're emotionally healthy, mentally healthy, and physically healthy? Because right now, you know, this, the disease rates for kids are skyrocketing. And, we, yeah, we need to address it. Yeah, that's, this is a conversation that could go down some rabbit holes here. I talked about this with Jason Christoph at Big Length. Um, he's a guy who's really good. If you don't know him, um, have a look at to him. He's in, he's in Canada. Um, talked about it's like what autism and vaccines and what did the US Army do when they went to Vietnam? They were using bullets not to kill but to maim because when you shoot one soldier and you don't kill him, it means the other two soldiers have got to take care of him. So what happens when you take out a child with autism from the vaccines? Both parents have got to look after him. And when both parents look after him, obviously this comes from a quite a cynical, but it's also a conspiratorial point of view, which people have talked about. People say, I'd rather have an autistic child than a, than a dead one. And I say to people, okay, have you ever lived with a severely autistic child? It's a prison sentence for both the child, a life sentence sorry, for both the child and the parents. They've got no life. The child's got no life. And it's one of the things that happens with, with vaccines and all the other things we're talking about. I think it's really good to talk about children's health. There's many different things you can do to boost the child's immune system. Hot and cold therapies, biological medicine, energy medicine, homeopathy, right foods, exercise, sunlight, gazing, earthing, grounding, million and one things you can do. Not pumping formaldehyde egg proteins, carbolic acid, antifreeze, mercury, um, all these other things into them under the skin, which causes big um, reactions. And if you haven't listened to any of my interviews with Dr. Sherry Tempe and other people on vaccinations, I suggest you go ahead and listen to them. But this is um, something that I talk about, you know, if you're very cynical, when the, the parents looking after the child, or if the, par- if the child's ill, both the parents are looking after them, then the parents aren't thinking about anything other than work, uh, money, tired, and when people are tired and exhausted, they're easier to control. And this is where it comes from, talk about certain, if everyone's, why do you think they banned, like, psychedelics and they allowed alcohol? Alcohol is an ego drug, you know, but, like, psychedelics, when everyone wants to love each other and there's no war, it's amazing, right? And so it's, it's, sometimes it's, sometimes you have a bit more cynical, if you look a bit cynical about things, you can see why these things would be stopped, but I think it's it's really, I mean, it's really interesting that, what you said there about I say to people on our consultations all the time, you know, if you look at if you look at a plant, its soil grows on the outside, whereas our soil is on the inside. And so it's really important what you said there. Deal with a lot of gut health um, issues, and so really interesting what you said there. And when you you got people like Dr. Jordan Peterson, who's a top psychologist, talking about how he now changes changes his client's diet or gets him to work with a nutritionist as well because he knows how important it is. And his daughter like have massive issues and lots of people have done this they've changed their diet and their mental emotional issues have gone because you said before the, the vagus nerve that runs from gut to brain and gut brain barrier and all these things you know it's it's when you're putting in foods that are highly inflammatory and highly allergenic and they're inflaming the gut they're inflaming your brain they inflame all the body people don't can't think properly they get brain fog i mean the, the list of the list of symptoms that you can get from having the wrong food poor water Stress. I mean, just putting the body under massive, massive stress. Electromagnetic frequencies, 
Wi-Fi, too much, too much screen time, blue light. Do you know who Dr. Jack Cruz is? Yeah. Write him down. Dr. Jack yeah. Cruz. Jack, K-R-U-S-E. He's big into blue light. He's around, I think he's around, or he used to be around your area. He might have moved out of LA now because of it. But you're, you're, you'd really like him. He's, um, yeah, he's, he's big into it. And so, I think it's awesome, mate. I'm really looking forward to some of the listening listen to it, mate. But if, um, in integrative pediatrics, that's a really smart move, I think, because um, it's weird because California is somewhere that you start the health, I suppose, the Western health mecca, you know. But they're also, it's also probably the unhealthiest place in the world as well in terms of what some of these companies are doing in Silicon Valley. Um and you know what's going on in terms of pushing certain agendas is it is it almost like uh is it is it i don't know if it, on the i mean you probably don't notice it when you're just walking around but does it have a feeling of like it's coming sort of like a not civil war but you know what i mean it's like is it becoming up it's the worst of times yeah, yeah I, I yeah i think as as things evolve you know there's always going to be ways that it can be used for good or ways that it could also be used for greed. And, you know, the root of so much of this is like you say, control and greed. And, and, uh, what we're just trying to focus on with our philosophy is how do we invite people who might not know about naturopathic medicine or holistic medicine or even acupuncture, chiropractic, cranial sacral, aromatherapy, Ayurvedic medicine, the list goes on and on. Hmm. And all these things that unfortunately are all put into a bucket of alternative. And then we have just the regular quote unquote or Western medical, you know, pharmaceutical and surgery based philosophy. And there's, you know, very obvious reasoning and money to be made off of certain modalities and not others um, in terms of patentable and really expensive drugs and surgeries. But um, those things have a place, you know, and we need to, I think, reduce the idea of it being um, a war between the ideas because what we're really interested in is finding those medical doctors who can help validate the alternative, quote unquote, we really need to just be looking at it all as medicine. There shouldn't yeah. be, you know, holistic medicine, Western medicine, blah, 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 medicine. It's just be medicine. And whatever is good for the child on that day should be what we should use. And so if a parent right now hears about Ayurvedic, Indian, you know, traditional medicine and goes to their Western doctor and asks about it, most likely that doctor won't know much and might, you know, even go so far as to make the parent feel bad or unintelligent for even suggesting it and we need to create the conditions for parents to feel comfortable bringing these things up so we're hoping to you know just bring people together in Mm -hmm. that way say hey you know you're not a bad doctor for prescribing drugs there's a place for that Um, in emergencies we need these when conditions are so bad that there's nothing else and, you know, let's just try everything else before that. Yeah, yeah. And maybe we didn't need to go to the one that caused side effects. You know, maybe there was a natural approach or a dietary approach, nutrition approach. And so <clears throat> that's kind of our, our whole philosophy there is just maybe bring everyone to the table, 
and hopefully it can expand beyond um, these kind of categories of people that, oh, well, you're the type of person that would go do, you know, Eastern weird medicine. And it's like, well, let's try to break down these barriers and say, and it is happening. You know, you look at change. Oh, 100%. I've interviewed a lot of doctors that were have come over because they know that what as you said, horses for courses, right? If someone needs surgery or accident, emergency, that's what you're there for. But for chronic illness, generally it's not what you're looking for. You don't want to you want to get to the root of it, right? Exactly. Yep. And so, you know, you see in US hospitals now we have acupuncture. It's like, what? You know, when you really think about that, that's based off energy medicine. You know, let's looking at meridians of, you know, Asian it, it philosophy. Works, so, right? And, and and we now know that, you know, it's being embraced by Western medicine that it has a place. And so we are seeing a very s- slow, but it's a, a breakdown of those paradigms that's happening that's going, hey, wait a minute. You know, people, we've, we've tried the drugs and surgery only approach. And like you say, we're unhealthier, sicker and spending more money than ever before. And we're not we're not seeing those results. So clearly, you know, a wake up call has to happen. Unfortunately, so many people are dealing with chronic disease, you know, children, I think it's, uh, okay. somewhere it's not 50% that have chronic disease adults, you know, most of them have more than one and are on more than one medication. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done, but the cool thing that, that you know, gets me excited is that people are, smart they it's just they are smart a chance to try things and unfortunately we're susceptible to you know peer pressures and things like that where you know if you're raised in a family that believes a certain thing you're more likely to not feel comfortable to go beyond that or if you're in a community with friends who believe a certain thing but as more people get invited into it it becomes easier for people to take that leap and say you know, wait a minute, food going into my body might be an important thing for my health, you know. Um, so let's oh, look yeah. at the solutions. Oh, yeah, 100%. I only learned the hard way because I, I was ill. That's why I got into what I, what I did and went down that road. And 100%, that when, you, when, you, when you grow up and you've been taught a certain way is the way that it, thing is, and it can be very, very hard to break out of that notion because you only, you've been taught it for so long, you know. So I say at school, yeah, you, you, I mean, your tests are based on the books that you read and you're given the right answers to those tests, but you only know what you've been taught or what you've been led to believe is the truth. So it, if there's another textbook saying the other thing and you got marked right for saying different answers, you'd believe that was the truth. So you just like, you know, luckily with our line of work, the only thing that matters is results. Um, and you can only sell shit once, for a better word. So like, if you're not getting results, the truth is what works, right? And that's the only thing that matters. And so when it comes to dealing with chronic illnesses and, and doing things like this, you know, you can see by by your film go and, go and watch the film guys need to grow.com go and watch it you can see by like when eric cutter's talking about his plants and how they look and like it's, they just they just look phenomenally healthy plants and uh, and these food that he's making um and you'll just you'll just you'll just see like you know success leaves clues and it's no shock that people living these way uh, look healthy they're into the, i mean you know same issue. I mean, I've got no agenda apart from I want people to be healthy. You know, same as you. You're doing this. 
you probably enjoy doing it, but you're doing it because you want people to be healthy. You know, you don't want people to, and you, and you want Earth to be left to me. Have you got any children? You got a wife and kids? I don't have kids. Um, I have plenty of nieces and nephews, mm-hmm. and that's that's enough for the time being. <laughs> with all the other work I have, yeah. that's cool. I just meant like in terms of like the 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 the, the, the planet would be leaving them. You know, you want to you want to if you want if I want to have kids and you want to have kids down the line, you don't want to be thinking. Do I actually want to have kids? Because what the hell is the Earth going to look like? Yeah. I, I think that's, that's that's quite a big a big thing. So, mate, awesome talking uh, talking to uh, to Rob. Any anything else you'd like to uh, to add? Um, I think it's just you know having the willingness for people to try something new. Um, it's never too late to learn something new. Um, it's never too late to say, Hey, you know, I don't maybe identify as a quote unquote environmentalist or someone who's into health and nutrition, but these aren't boxes that we need to label people into. I hate these terms. I don't think anyone should be called that. These are, you know, just the idea that you care about your own health or your family's health. Like why should we, why should that make us labeled in a certain way or caring about the future? Like why, why is an environmentalist even a term? You know, we all live on this planet, right? So if there's anything that you can try, um, whether it's composting or just supporting a local farm or, or going to visit a farm, going to visit a garden, get your hands in the dirt, just be open to a new experience and just realize that, yeah, there's, there's connection there waiting for you. And it is beautiful. It is healing. It's comforting. There's a reason that the earth feels good, and to you know, people will travel around the world to have these moments in awe of nature. You know, why do we all have that? Why do we want to go on vacation and look at a waterfall? Because we know that the earth is a beautiful place, and it is it is our mother earth. It will take care of us. So get out into a forest. Get into a garden. And just you know experience it like have a moment of awe and if you can take some of that back into your everyday life and just have those little moments maybe it's just a plant on your windowsill that isn't even food maybe it's just something like that but try to bring the natural world back in in some capacity and if you're already doing it maybe there's a way that you can invite a friend in in a non-dogmatic way to just experience that with you um that's that's i think the main takeaway it's just inviting people in awesome man thanks very much for coming on rob and uh, i look forward to hearing about your future projects thanks ryan appreciate the time man and all the work that you're doing thanks so much so there we have it guys and girls that was the interview with rob Herrin of the need to grow uh, the film Need to Grow, and as I said before, I'm going to say it again, head on over to www.theneedtogrow.com if you haven't already and watch the film. It's going to be a great eye-opener. You're going to, going to hear about some fascinating people doing some fascinating things and some great characters, um, and also learning about what we need to do in terms of how we can rege- re- re- regenerate our soil and all the things we're doing that is, is taking away um, from the soil's ability to, to do what's needed to do. But as always, you know, as Rob said, this is not a film all about doom and gloom. This is about the, about the positives and, and how the how the land and how nature can actually <clears throat> how it can actually um, re 
repair itself um and what what the great technologies are out well see what great technologies are out there now and what people like mike smith are doing that means that we there is a bright future ahead but we just have to all pull together um and start to start to do things every day that's going to mean that we can start to put goodness back into the soil and back into the air and just allow our, our planet to flourish um you know rather than rather than destroying it without it to flourish so www.theneedtogrow.com and um yeah so that's it for today's interview um hope you enjoyed it hope you learned lots as always if you head on head on over to www.reviveyourself.co we've got our shop there and if you are looking for help excuse me if you're looking for help in overcoming any health issue that you haven't been able to get to the root of then please send me an email at ryan at reviveyourself.co or head on over to www.reviveyourself.co and click on the contact link there and send me a message and i will get back to you as soon as possible and we can discuss if and how we can help you but more likely how we can help you and get to the root of your issues because i know what it's like to live life in constant pain and with fatigue and feeling like you can't well you can't live life on your terms and i know it's no fun so I said before either www.reviveyourself.co contact tab or send me an email to ryan at reviveyourself.co and i'll get back to you as soon as possible and we can go from there otherwise as always guys and girls have a great week stay happy stay healthy and i'll speak to you soon Bye-bye. If you're struggling with gut issues, such as gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, indigestion, heartburn, and want to finally be able to eat the foods you love without the crippling after effects, then don't forget to head over to reviveyourself.co and pick up your free copy of The Healing Health Paradigm today.